Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics with Cisco Acosta, Luther Mays, and we have a special. We we, we have a special. Uh, basic basic. Well, basically, we have Annie Burdell tonight. She is on the line. Uh, she'll be on the line in, in a couple of minutes. It will be uh, an interesting show. So, all right. So let's 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 go on to something that we I want to touch on. Last week, we had a special uh, uh, person in the panel, and his name was Tory Archibald. Unfortunately, he passed away this week. As a matter of fact, he passed away today. And um, we, um, I want to pay my respect to his, to his wife, uh, Tracy Archibald. He was a great patriot. So let's um, touch on the um, Mr. Archibald who was basically someone that really, really inspired us patriots. And he... All right. And I think, I think from now on, we should dedicate um, and, and remember individuals that really became a very, very influential force. Within the, within the conservative movement, and uh, Tory was one of them. So, all right. Um, to go on, So let, let's touch on the, the, this whole situation with Josie Smollett, uh, who basically created this scenario of scenario of, 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 of a scam of, of people ha- had attacked him and that was not the case as it was revealed today okay so we must we, we must take a different approach when incidents like this happen that we must wait for all the evidence to come in before making a judgment. Uh, all 
All right. I'm going to be bringing in Annie Burdell, self-proclaimed advocate of educating women in the art of personal protection and self-reliance. Right now. All right. Annie, are you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here now. Can you interesting, hear me now? interesting. I can hear you now, and I have I have my co-host Luther Mays on the line. How's everybody doing, Mike? I'm not sure why we're getting an echo. I don't Luther? have an echo. Can you hear me now? Okay, Annie. Luther, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I hear you, Luther. Welcome back. Okay. Welcome back. Thank you. Okay, there's a delayed response. Okay. All right. All right. So, Annie. Annie. Yes. Okay, so basically, um, what uh, um, you're a self-proclaimed advocate of educating women in the art of personal protection and self-reliance. I'm trying. Uh, can you give us more? Uh, yeah, can you can you span on that? Um, well, in a nutshell, um, back in 2011, I started a website called Prepper Chicks, and uh, you can go to it, uh, uh, world. And what it does is it takes the world of survival from more of a female perspective versus uh, back then especially was more of a male-dominated uh, world. Uh, I also then started uh, writing post-apocalyptic novels, because, like I said before, that whole genre was filled with mostly uh, male authors who uh, didn't see things quite the way I liked. Uh, a lot of the female characters in their books were very weak, and right. a lot of females that I know are not. So I wanted to make sure that we had a voice. So Prepper Chicks came alive, and I uh, had a radio show for a number of years, and recently because of a few life changes. I've taken a back seat and uh, kept, kept, you know, my thumb on the pulse of what's going on in the world out there. But uh, recently finally moved to my forever home and getting settled in. And this is the first radio show I've been on in a couple of years now. So uh, well, thanks for having me. And yeah, we're, quick, we're, we're um, honored. We're honored to have you. You should be. Anyhow, um, I can be a smartass, I'm telling you now. I can cuss sometimes, and I'm going to try and behave myself. Um, but let me also extend my deepest you know, condolences for losing a member of your family. Those of us that have a huge online presence, you know, these people become our families, and I understand that. Right. I, I right. have, I'm quite close to a lot of the people that have followed Prepper Chicks for you know, eight years now, and if not more. So some of them I've met in real life, and they are more 
important to me than a lot of the blood relatives I have. So, again, to to you and to the family, um, please, my condolences. Thank you. Thank you. I think Tori and his family will appreciate that. Uh, Luther, welcome back again. Like I said, do uh, you have a question for, or, or comments for Annie, who... Um, you know, he's doing a great job in regards to uh, this whole prepping, being a prepper and, and preparing. And she's going to have a really a lot of good ideas that she's going to present tonight. Do you have a comment or question for Annie? Uh, so you have a lot of uh, powdered milk and all that in your pantry to, to part of your survival? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> um. I do have some, yes. Um, I'm not going to say I don't, but I kind of look at preparedness maybe a little different than a lot of the places out there do. A um, couple words of caution. I'm not an advocate of purchasing one of those big uh, conglomerate of MREs and freeze-dried this and freeze-dried that. You'll end up dying if you don't understand how they're made or how to use them. I do not push products on people unless I have them myself and I've purchased them myself so if you want to give me something that's fine for me to try out but I'll put it through the ringer before I give it to the people that listen to me I do what I do for free because um, I spent 32 years in the public uh, working with people and care about people and I think that if they understand what's really going on in the world and understand that we could possibly make us a better place if we start working together. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of information that needs to get out there. So, yes, to answer your question, I do have some some powdered milk in my stash, um, but that's not what all it's about. Well, um, Annie, how, how how far has prepping pre, uh, uh, prepping come along in the prepper world? Um, is there uh, more of a, you know, a growing number of people doing it, or it's been stagnating and or cutting back, or from your perspective, since you're you're very involved in in that environment and that in that world. Well, right. I I think people need to understand it goes through a cycle, just like everything else in life. If we're coming mm -hmm. up on a presidential election and people don't necessarily like the candidates that they see, and there's a hint that, you know, uh, of panic, uh, they'll end up prepping a little bit more. When I started, um, it was before the movement began. And then it got really big. And everybody and their brother decided they were going to make a buck off of it. And I have um, several friends that started websites and whatnot back in that day that have sold them to corporations and gone on with their lives, but I'm still here, and that kind of sets me apart from everybody else. But uh, okay. we, go, like I said, we go through cycles. There are more preppers than, of course, there were, you know, eight years ago, but right. sometimes they get quiet, and I think that's the phase that we're at right now. Nobody wants to, because of programs such as uh, Nat Geo's do say preppers, nobody wants to admit they're in the prepping and all that tinfoil stuff. And, and it gave us a bad name for a long time. And people just kind of shied away from it because we didn't want to seem like we were crazy. 
but that's not what I'm about. I'm not all about that. Even though I'm friends with a lot of the people that were on that show, I would never do that show because they've been on my show. And they will tell you straight up that they were paid to do a lot of the sensationalism to sell the program. You know, that's what TV's right. about. Um, so right now we're in a more of a gray man phase, quiet. Everybody's doing what they're doing. Dealing with life right now because we're getting hit from all sides. We get closer to the presidential election. We'll see an uptick just like we do in firearm sales. Definitely. I, I have five seven five seven forty. Do you have a question or a comment for uh, for Annie? Yes, I do. My name's Cotton. How are you, Annie? Okay. Hi. That's my BFF. This this is cheating. <laughs> Does this classify as cheating? Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) What do you, Annie, what do you feel is the most fundamental difference between male preppers and female preppers? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question, Scott. What they focus on first. Mm. Do what? Uh, What they focus on first. Uh, Uh, There's areas of preparedness. Guys have a tendency to focus on the, uh, well, you know, the firearms and protection of the family and, you know, the, you know, all of the big guns and, you know, blowing things up and stuff like that. Um, Women have a tendency to migrate more towards uh, food preparation and nesting techniques more. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, definitely does. Fantastic. Um, in regards to um, hoarding versus preparedness, can you can you expand on that? The difference. Um, well, I it's a fine line, isn't it? Um, because I know that sometimes preppers get caught up in saving everything under the sun because they think that they're going to need it possibly in the future, depending on if, you know, we're going to get visited by aliens or if Yellowstone's going to blow up or if we're going to have a snowstorm next week. But preparedness is more a methodical thinking process, whereas you're looking at an important word that I want to get across to everyone is the, the term replication you're looking at how to replicate certain areas of, of your life versus just holding on to stuff because you're scared that you might need it in the future. Got it. Um, how about in regards to how to start to prepare, you know, areas of preparedness, which I wanted well, to cover. to begin, and you can, you can more than uh, feel free to go to my website at uh, preparechicks.world because we are global. Um, the first thing I tell people is just take a deep breath. We get bombarded from all areas of preparedness. You need to prepare for hurricanes in Minnesota, and uh, Yellowstone's going to blow up, like I said, and we got aliens coming, and the government, and we're going to go to war, and, 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 and people just get, you know, this, this deer in a headlight thing, and it's like, just stop. You know, take a deep breath. What's going to impact you the most in your daily life? I live in Indiana. I live in Indianapolis. Am I worried about a hurricane? Not necessarily. Have we gotten rain from it? Yes. So flooding would be more important to me. Tornadoes are more important to me. 
someone that lives in Texas is probably looking at what's happening on our southern border. Um, right. You know, it, you need to sit down and you need to evaluate what impacts you the most and go from there. I have um, several areas of preparedness, water, food, shelter, all that kind of stuff, a ton of free information, free downloads. Please don't pay for this stuff. It, it is downloadable from my website. Get a binder, put it in there, get your little area set up, all that kind of, of whatnot, and just read. You know, we get caught up in buying the newest gadgets out there and, and all that craziness, but uh, that, that stuff can be taken from you. If, if you go to, say, um, Joplin, Missouri, known for their tornadoes, you have a house full of, of you know, prepper stuff. Bam, you get hit, your stuff is gone. Now what? Knowledge is something, and it's, it's the number two uh, prep that I um, endorse, um, mindset being the first, knowledge is second, because it's free, you can take it with you wherever you go, it can't be taken from you. I, I have another question for Annie. Yes, go ahead. Um, how do you feel about the, uh, the mindset of people hoarding back silver and gold when in an apocalyptic situation, it won't be worth anything. Well, um, it's kind of twofold, maybe threefold. If, if, and, and this is, and please, this is just my opinion. I'm nobody. I just, this is kind of fascinating to me, so I've kind of gone along with it. And there's other backstories there, but you know, it's like I said, it's just my opinion. Gold in an apocalyptic event is going to be absolutely worthless until you start rebuilding society. Then you might get somewhere with it. But until right. then, I mean, you might be able to throw it at someone. <laughs> right. And that's, I, I've never understood why people want to say, you know, I have to have a certain amount of gold on here, a certain amount of silver, and which you could take that's that and send it in to your antibiotics or, or other things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, any prep that you have, for the most part, the perishable stuff, you're, you're going to have to learn how to replicate because it's not going to be around forever. Gold people, you know, a lot of the old school preppers, you know, I can get in, I can understand having some of it because, like I said, eventually we will have a rebuild somehow, and that's probably the thing, the, the currency that um, is probably the safest, maybe. Um but to me, I'd rather have bullets and beans and band-aids. Okay, that's uh, that's that's a good analysis, uh, Luther. Um, any comments in regards to what has been discussed so far? Well, I'm so impressed. Um, uh, <laughs> I told I told you. Thank I, you. I said, Annie. Annie is. Uh, she knows stuff that's for sure anyway um, I've been, yeah I've been doing a lot of things for myself the last few years of being prepared and what I need to go with and what I can go with you know you can have it really hard but you can't take it with you when it comes to the Bible uh, Luther we're not hearing you that clear it's a little little static uh yeah, before I'm not talking much, I got a bad communication on the sense. Okay. 
So, uh, Annie, we we had um, you had an interesting article in regards to what's uh, about the truckers. Can you expand on that uh, more? Because I think that's that's going to be something that people should be aware. If the truckers are uh, either go on strike or something happens to them, what is the well um, end result? Let me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, no, but what let I'm me saying, go into what a little bit of back history there. I uh-huh. am. I have a huge Facebook presence. Um, I have multiple Prepper Chick Facebook pages that I share free information on, along with the website. I have a pink Prepper Chick, and I say pink as in if you go to Prepper Chicks, you punch it in. Uh, the background on the girl um, standing there is pink, so it's pink page. And it's nothing but uh, free skill set information, canning, what's going on with the weather, you know, things, you know, how to tie knots, all kinds of stuff. Um, and that's the pink page. I initially started it with having news articles on there, too, but it became too much of a, I don't know if hassle's the right word, but people form their own conclusions to things, so I split um, my, my page up into a blue page. So I have a pink page for skill set, blue page for just tinfoil, bullshit, what's going on in the news, this is what you really need to pay attention to, focus kind of thing um, that has to do with uh, things that you need to be aware of that's going on. Um, I have a red girl who is for networking, and it's divided up. There's uh, Every state in the union is in there with a license plate, and I have multiple countries, including Canada, Australia, and, and whatnot, because we pull people in from around the world. And you can go to your specific license plate, and you can find people or happenings going on in your, your part of the, the world out there. And then I have a black tactical page because at one time I was an NRA instructor. I am no longer an NRA instructor, even though I do um, appreciate firearms. I just, um, which that's a whole nother rabbit trail to go down. But um, one of the things that I look at is not the sensationalism that gets put out there. I brought up Nat Geo's didn't say proper's before. You know, they go off scale. And that's not who we are. That's not what you and I are. We're just normal people trying to survive out there in the crazy world. And, mm-hmm. you know, we look at right now the Pacific Northwest, Lake Tahoe is just buried under snow. These people are going to be stuck there for a while. How would you do that? Um, we've mm-hmm. seen weather anomalies across the world, flooding going on. Uh, Tennessee is underwater. We've seen drastic flooding over in Asia and uh, whatnot, snow over in the Andes. And then we get into, you know, our government, you know, testing out their shelter-in-place scenarios. You know, what are you going to do if all of a sudden you have five minutes and you're locked in your house, your kids are at school, what are you going to do? What happens if your power goes out? You know, and I'm not talking, you know, within the proper world, we talk about a scenario called a Carrington event that happened with um, elect- electromagnetic pulse uh, that the, the sun threw off and melted all the copper lines way back in the day. But, you know, we've talked about that, too, with foreign countries attacking us. You know, North Korea has a weather satellite that goes over top of the United States on a regular basis. It could be, 
you know, a possibility that somebody sets off an EM, a rocket with an EMP warhead on it, and right. we could lose power. Um, they can localize those now, too, so they don't have to be quite as large. Uh, what about if you lose your job? You know, what about health issues? Uh, a couple of years back, I was out of work for six months because I had knee surgery. Six months. Right. No job. And I was prepared for it. Um, but then we also get into, and I'm not sure if we're going to have time to discuss it, but health issues. What about the, the epidemics, if you want to air quote that, that are going on right now with the Pacific Northwest? We have measles. We have mumps. We have the news coming out every day with, you know, what about Ebola that was going on? But one of the things that I sent to you was mm -hmm. the truckers possibly going on strike. Right. It's, it's more right. of a mindset of how fragile our system is here or anywhere for that matter. I mean, we just saw, and, and if you go to my site, I have a, a tag that says, I am my own FEMA, because I've seen FEMA fail in so many areas. I've seen them succeed, and I've seen them help people, so I'm not going to completely throw them under the bus. But right. They're just humans, just like we are. We saw snowstorms come up where they couldn't make it into the office, or they live, the people that man FEMA live by us and could die. So what are you going to do? It's your responsibility to take care of yourself and your own family, not a government agency, not the neighbors, not EMT or anything like that. It's, it's time we take responsibility for that ourselves. Right, right. So, but, but, but to... To, but in regards to the truckers, I, one of the questions so, that I have for you, truckers. one of the questions, yeah, one of the questions I have for you is, truckers are a very important part of our daily lives. You know, they they basically deliver transport goods all over the country. If yes. if they were and, to go and, on strike, if they were to go on strike, how much of that of those supermarkets? That every day they get filled up. How much? How, how, how much can they actually have in storage for people to go there and purchase in an emergency? One day, two about days, twenty a minutes. Week? About, about twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. Wow. That's okay. my opinion. Twenty minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you why. We are told okay. by FEMA or whoever, um, whatever new agency that. And if you talk to people in the grocery stores, they say they typically hold about three days' worth of product in the back of, the, of their um, warehouse in their store, which, okay, three days' worth. But what happens when we have a blizzard coming? Every Tom, Dick, and Harry is in a store buying, and we make fun of this all the time, every loaf of bread, every gallon of milk, every dozen of eggs, and toilet paper. Can't forget that. Um, and they're wiped out. And then all of a sudden, whoever didn't get there in the first 20 minutes is screwed. They got the chips right. gone, the beer's gone, you know. So, yeah, about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Now, That's uh, here, uh. here in Indianapolis today, uh, we have, well, so just a brief, you know, FYI, there is a rumble within the trucking world that. Um, they're tired of all the regulations that the federal government is trying to implement, such as how many hours they're permitted to drive, how many hours they have to be off the road, um, all kinds of things. 
and it's impacting their livelihood to make a living. And, but it's also impacting the stores because they can't get to places uh, that, that they need to get products to. And then if nobody's there, then they're screwed because that impacts them and all that. But here in Indianapolis today, um, we have an uh, interchange that runs around the city itself, uh, Interstate 465. And they start, well, I watched the videos. There were a few, not as many as they would have liked. Um, truckers that between 11 and 1 o'clock drove that interchange in protest of what's going on out there. If we lose our truckers, this country will go to a standstill. That's not scare tactics. That's reality. Right, right. So so the the situation that can happen, that type of situation can happen at any given time. Your recommendation is? Out of the blue. Right. Your recommendation would be four items that you would basically, yeah, no, get your ass prepared, but four items that you would first get before anything else. What would it be? For me? Let's say, for example, if I went into the supermarket, if you were, if you would go into the supermarket and and you're not the prepper that you are. I mean, I'm I'm talking about just a regular individual, not you, because you 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 you're already prepared. What would be the first four items that person should get in case of something like this would happen? You know that the truckers. See, stop. that's a that's a. I'll be honest. That's a hard question to answer, just because there are so many variables on who we're talking about. Canned food would be high up on the list. Matches would okay. be high up on the list. Um, batteries would be high up on the list. Now, that doesn't take into account what you might already have. If you have canned food that you're getting, you better damn well get a can opener because it's going to be worthless unless you know how to open it without one. So there's your four items. Now what are you going to do? What about water? Any human being, um, so rule of three, basically, chatter, you know, all that, uh, human beings last three days without water, um, and that's about it. Uh, three weeks without food. Now, there's a caveat to that that Mm -hmm. most people don't understand unless they've been through it, and I've intentionally put myself through it so I can understand it a little bit better. We say that you can last about three days without water, three weeks without food, but before you hit that third day or that third week, your body starts to break down ahead of time. You're not thinking straight. You start making stupid mistakes. So don't rely on being able to last three days without water because your world's going to get screwed up way before you hit day three. Got it. That's a very good point. Uh, In regards to one of the things that we were going to cover, how to prepare in different areas. Okay, the home. Let's touch on the home. How do you, what would, what would you recommend preparing your home for, for, uh, well, where do you live? Exactly. I mean, the, the demographics. Yeah, see what yeah. I mean? The, yeah, well, the demographics. See what I mean? You can ask me the question, but there's a lot of variables, variables behind it. I've lived oh. in the city. I've lived in the suburbs. I now live in the middle of freaking nowhere. Um, can you do preparedness in mm-hmm. all of those? Yes, you can do preparedness. You can do preparedness. My ex-mother-in-law lived in Brooklyn, New York. Was she prepared? As best as she could be. That's the... You know, and understand something. Um, we sometimes get caught up, even preppers, that 
oh, wait, you, we can't have that because we're not ready. There comes a point in time where you have to understand you cannot be ready for every possible scenario out there. You'll never be prepared where you can put a, a period at the end of it and get on with life. It doesn't work like that. You have to look at what's going to impact you the most. So look at what, you know, if I lived in Brooklyn, New York, my mother-in-law was in an apartment building right off of the river, uh, 13 stories up, when they got hit by a hurricane. She called me and she said, can you come and get me? And it's like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. You have obstacles that you have to overcome when you live somewhere like that because you're basically on an island. And right. water, you know, rule of thumb is one gallon of water per person per day, and that's just to drink. That does not include cooking. That does not include sanitation or anything like that. That is just to put in your body so you can wow. stay alive. So, and, you know, one gallon of water weighs eight pounds. How are you going to possibly carry enough water to keep yourself alive? Well, you have to think about, like I said, replication. Where are you going to find it at after that? We can't freeze dry water. We can't, you know, dry it. It doesn't work like that. Um, but where can you find it? Learn. Knowledge is free. You can look within your community, within around your home where you live, what are your water sources? Do you know how to get water out of your hot water tank? What about the back of your toilet? If you don't have a, what's called a, and here's one, here's one product I will endorse. It's called a water bob, um, B-O-B, water bob. It's a bladder, basically, that fits into your bathtub that will hold 100 gallons of potable water. Wow. If you have okay. a downgrade situation that starts, such as a hurricane, get to, I have several that um, I have in a closet here where I live, and I can, I can get those filled up pretty darn fast, and now I have 100 gallons of water. I sent her, my mother-in-law, um, uh, one of those when it was Hurricane Sandy, I think it was, um, just so she had drinking water because her only option was to go to a sea store down on the corner and, and she could only carry a bag of case. That's not going to last her very long when she had three kids in the, in the house with her. So you know, replication, how would you redo that? And then how would you look for the items that you need to replace? Do you know how to find the water? Do you know how to uh, purify the water so that way you make it safe to drink? No, that knowledge is free. How about how about how about storage? That that you have to take that into account. In Huge order challenge. To, to, yeah, to store because when you, you live can, in an apartment, you can buy exactly. I mean, so, so that that's that's you challenge challenge for someone who's living in an apartment. Oh, absolutely. But there are ways around it. You know, underneath your bed or under a coffee table or an end table or you know behind a couch or. You know, um, anything like that will work. But it also goes down to when you live in a tight environment, you have to prioritize what's the most important to you. You can't just keep buying and buying and buying. You have to rotate the stock that you have and how many people that you're trying to keep alive and go from there. Got it. Um, in regards to fire, firearms, I know you have a passion for firearms. Um Herbal medicine, how important is that to have when it comes to a life-threatening event or, you know, a natural event? Herbal medicine, nice, slingshot, home canning. What do you categorize that 
in comparison to firearms. Oh, you mean my list of preparedness items? Exactly. Well, yeah. uh, it, depend, it would depend on where you live. Really, if you live in a city oh. in a rough area, you might want a firearm before somebody that lives on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. I think everyone um, that feels comfortable, disclaimer there, everyone that feels comfortable with a firearm should own one. If you right. don't, you have no business touching one. How about for individuals that, that live so far away from from a hospital? You know, you know, becoming your own doctor, nurse, what would you recommend to someone uh, who lives in that, in, in that environment? Because, but also someone who, who lives in the, in the urban environment that may not, the hospital may, uh, the, the hospital may not be open or, or may not be functional after a hurricane or a tornado. What would be your recommendations? Well, and, and you bring up a good point. A lot of our doctors nowadays are um, trained within four white walls with nice shiny equipment. Um, so I would uh, challenge you to find a physician that maybe does missionary trips and things like that to foreign countries where they don't have that and they have to learn how to do things off the cusp because, you know, in, I'll bring up Joplin again, and their hospital was destroyed. Now where do you go? Like you said, what do you do? Um, yeah. I, um, a good friend of mine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, they're on Facebook and all over the place, um, put out a lot of free information. They have a great book. Uh, Patriot Nurse, again, a great friend. You know, she teaches downgrid medicine, and that's, I think, very important for a lot of people. And just go take a uh, Red Cross medical CPR class to start with. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. But the, the goal is to get started, and that's where right. a lot of people, well, I don't know where to begin. Well, you're going to have to start at the beginning and go from there. But if, you know, medical in the area of medical preparedness, um, like I said, there's a lot of good presence on Facebook. There's a lot of good information out there. Just research it because... Like I said, I had a lot of friends that, that um, no longer have their websites. They've been taken over, and some of these companies do just put stuff out there to, to scare you into buying products. But uh, start local. Take a first aid class. Um, I have been studying that, uh, for a doctor of naturopathy for um, a couple years now, and I say that as in I'm not against modern medicine. I have issues with um, some vaccinations and things like that which is another rabbit trail that we'll just stay off of for right now. But I think there should be a blending of old school and new school where we bring more of the natural stuff back into allopathy and, and try and figure this out. Um, I was just sharing a story earlier, and, and put your tinfoil on, but uh, <laughs> actually, I think you and I were discussing this, um, you know, with, you're harassing me, and I'll use that word. It's kind of strong, but I'll still use it, about my thoughts on the wall, the southern border. I don't have a problem with the wall going up. I have a problem with the way they're doing it. I have a problem with um, who possibly could be paying for it, and I have a problem with why they're trying to scare people into the fact that they think we need one. Uh, and that is pretty much um, trafficking and uh, the drug epidemic that's here in the United States. 
A right. lot of people don't understand that a lot of those drugs come through checkpoints. The fentanyl bus, the, the, um, we just had one uh, the other day with the strawberries. Um, we get bus, we just got busted here in Indianapolis and in Ohio with huge amounts of fentanyl that would kill millions and millions of people. And that's what they're saying, oh, well, we need to close the border because of blah, 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 the drugs. And we already have these problems here. There's a case going off in um, Boston, I believe, right now. The um, pharmaceutical company uh, decided that they were going to hire all of these cute little um, people that go out to the doctor's offices and persuade the doctors to use, of all things, in this specific case, is a spray, fentanyl spray for cancer patients. But one of the in mm-hmm. the um, case that's going on in court right now, you know, one of the reps was a stripper, the vice president found her in a strip club and gave her a badge and said, "Hey, go sell this for me." And uh, <laughs> and I'm not making this up. You can go. I'll send you the link when we're done so you can post yeah. it. But right. they are using. Um, and this started back in 2012, where this lawsuit began. And, you know, the reps weren't making the money. And, of course, you know, what happens, you know, shit flows up the hill in corporations. And <clears throat> the big boys are putting pressure on the reps to sell more drugs so they could make more money. And, you know, it goes on from there. But, I mean, they pharmaceuticals is a huge, huge business. And it's not right. just because of the drugs that are coming over the border. This is a heart problem within this country. And that's where it has to start getting fixed. Well, to to respond to your um, comments, um, and Luther, Luther, when, whenever you want to step in also, I believe that there is an issue, a huge issue, with human trafficking, drug smuggling. Oh, absolutely. And, and I've seen it here and, in Indianapolis. And, and especially, I've seen it on the southern border and on the Rio Grande because I have family that actually is on the border, uh, border patrol officers. So, and I've been there and I've seen it. So this is not, this is not, when they, when they talk about that there is a crisis, there is a crisis, you know, and whoever says oh, that there, there's not. I agree not. with that. Don't get me wrong. I, I um, 100% agree that there's issues going on down there because I have friends that live down uh, there. I, I hear it. I, I've seen some of the stuff. But I, I, and I'm for having a wall. I lock my doors at night. I get it, you know. Right. I pay taxes. I, I pay taxes for a specific reason. Um, unfortunately, that gets decided outside of my hands within our federal government um, after they take my money. But, you know, I, I understand why people would like a wall. But not it's not going to fix our problem, though. It might slow it down a little bit. It's just not going to fix it, though, when our own pharmaceutical companies are pushing opioids on patients to get them hooked right. so they can make money. And that's documented in the news, in court cases, and everywhere else. No, no, no. I, I, I agree the pharmaceutical, they, have, they, they bear a, a, a huge responsibility uh, regarding the the drug epidemic that is occurring, especially in in, in middle America, in, in the heartland, uh, Luther, do you have a do you want to respond in regards to what Annie just said and, and what I said? 
Well, what up? I'm trying to hook up here, see if you can hear me. Can, can you hear me? I can hear you now better, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Hello? Okay. Um, let's let's move on, um, uh, Annie. Uh, in regards to teaching kids about preparedness, how do you go about doing that? Because you know, a lot of the a lot of the kids may not be receptive because they don't really want to be bothered. They don't feel like that the world is going to come to an end or there's going to be a crisis. How would you go about teaching kids about preparedness? Well our parents have to start talking to our kids to begin with instead of sitting them in front of a TV or playing video games, and that's where you start. Uh, I've right. always been very open with my kids. I have three. Uh, my oldest is 30. My youngest just turned 18. Very, mm-hmm. they, they understand what's going on because we sit and we discuss what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world. That's my responsibility as their parent, to get them prepared for what they're about to walk into. My child, my oldest, lives in the state of Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C. Don't you think that scares the hell out of me? But you know what? I've taught him. He's listened. People think that, how do you live like that, being scared all the time? And it's like, well, you know what? Um, Other than, like I said, my son living where he lives, preparedness isn't being scared. I'm ready. So I might not be as scared as you think I am. You know, I do certain things in certain ways. Um, I look at things probably different than a lot of people. I'm not living in a state of normalcy bias, that being I'm just going to ignore this because it doesn't pertain to me and just get on with my life and go to my soccer practice. People don't understand how things are connected in the world. Um, So, no, preparedness isn't about being scared to to be prepared. It's about being ready for a lot of scenarios. And you don't need a whole lot to be able to do that. Fantastic. Um, I think that's that's a, uh, excellent advice, especially parents have to take responsibility and be ac- accountable to basically showing their, their children how things are and, 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 and guiding, them, guiding them, you know, because that they need to have that, that guidance as, they, uh, as they're growing up. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, any, uh, you know, hmm? you have to watch what information you do give them. I desensitize myself to a lot of issues because, you know, the bad guys already live in the bad world, and they already do the bad things. That's not something that we good people do on a regular basis, so we get a shock factor when it happens. And it's like, right. oh, my God, how can somebody do that? And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <gasps> well, when you desensitize yourself to it, you know, seeing a dead body for the first time freaks people out. Well, I've seen a few now, so I'm not quite as, you know, oh, my God. Um, but <laughs> you have to, as a parent, be responsible there to what you can feed your child when it comes to that information because all kids are different. Um, but, you know, talk to them. My kids grew up playing, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember. Um, it's a GPS thing that goes on around the world, and you go out and you try and find these. Um, things that are hidden, um, and it's a cool thing right. to do. And what it right. does is it teaches your kid navigational skills, longitude, latitude. You know how to look for things that are hidden, which is very important. But there's all kinds of ways. Um, Mom with a prep, good friend of mine, been a good friend of mine for a long time. She lives in Texas. 
she puts out a lot of great information about games and things you can do with your kids. But the important thing is get them off the freaking video games and away from the television and, right. and talk to them. Yep. Definitely. Uh, that's great advice. Uh, how, how, in your estimation, you know, I'm not going to hold you to it, how well prepared do you find, do you see, uh, or do you find that our government is prepared in regards to an, uh, a natural crisis? <laughs> I mean... Our government I, sucks. I, 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 Come I, on, I mean... I, I, I had a funny feeling, I had a funny feeling you were going to laugh, so... Uh, Okay, so uh-huh. my thoughts on our our government. Um, I think the uh, how can I try and say this? Because this, I mean, we only really have about what ten minutes left. Um, yep. I think our our federal government has overstepped its bounds. I think a lot of the things that are going on need to be given back to the state. I think a lot of things need to be privatized. I lean. I don't um, follow Republican Democrat. I think they're all friggin' nuts. And invest yeah. together, however, when you see it, I uh, probably lean towards more of a federalist anarchy kind of thing. That doesn't mean I'm a total whack job, but I just care, you know. <laughs> and there's there's things going on that's bullshit. Uh, taxation. I mean, we get taxed on the air, the water. When it rains, we're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do that. They're controlling us, which I have a problem with. Um, we just recently had a scenario in Puerto Rico with a hurricane that right. pretty much decimated the entire island. Um, you see this bullshit on the news. Um, you know, she's, the, the governor or whoever, mayor of one town of San Juan, standing there with supplies right behind her, bitching because, right. you know, the government wasn't doing enough for her. And then we find all these cases of water that they left in a field and blah, blah. It's politics. These people don't care about us. It's politics, and it's bullshit, and it gets people killed, and that's what pisses me off. Um, We just, at that time, had a FEMA director that has recently, um, well, he retired because he got into some trouble because he was using a government vehicle for his personal use, but which wasn't, you know, he could have got a slap on the hand, but then he just went ahead and he disappeared altogether because then... Um, the shit hit the fan in his world because, um, from what I understand, he wasn't the nicest person and he was doing a lot of bad things. So we have just recently, um, we have a new FEMA director. But here's our federal government telling us, and I'll give kudos to the previous guy. I, I forget what his name is, Brock or something like that. Um, you know, I... I appreciate the fact that he was telling people we need to be more prepared because FEMA cannot handle certain things. Uh, but we just saw, with the government shut down, government employees that weren't prepared because they live paycheck to paycheck. Because right Perfect. now we get regulated the hell out of, and we're making a choice between paying outrageous money amounts of money for insulin through the pharmaceutical companies. If you haven't followed that, pick up on it. How about utilities? Utilities, um, the wildfires in California just here last fall. We have a utility company, I think it's Pacific something, um, who faulty equipment caught the forest fires or caught the forest on fire, burned people's homes 
And then the government stood up and said, oh, you don't have to pay anything. We're going to hike your rate so that the people's home, the people that you just burned their homes can pay and fix it. That's... Anyhow, um, you know, it's, it's just nonsense, and people need to wake up to what's going on. Right now, I think they're, they feel like they're drowning because they're getting hit from all sides of it. And, you know, that sucks because we don't have to be like this. We don't have to rely on our crops being shipped from Mexico up here so we can feed our kids. We need to stop the nonsense laws here such as I can't grow vegetables in my front yard because somebody, somebody in a government says so because it's against an HOA. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. If you need to look at... I preach permaculture all the time, which is a permanent culture of growing uh, plants, perennials, whatever. So you always have a regeneration of food. And that's what we need to look at, and that's what we need to get back to. Don't rely on our government. They suck. I'm sorry. They just do. Um, Six ways from Sunday in all avenues. Well, it's not beneficial to these governments who respond to the, the, the corporate America allow you or anyone else to actually grow your food. That, that's basically because uh, they're, they're not beholden oh, to us. That. Are, are you saying they're there's be- a, an agenda maybe that we should I, rely I on say, our federal government? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying that basically that's the intention. Oh, no, that's they don't their want agenda. Us. That is, no, no. Let me clarify what I'm saying. That Basically, they don't want any of us to start growing our own food because, hey, that takes away from who they are beholden to, who who they respond Absolutely. to. Absolutely. The government agencies, you know, Absolutely. the agriculture department responds to the the, you know, the Monsantos and the Tysons of the world. So, of course, Absolutely. so you have to take you have to take the approach that you're taking. But uh, before I go on asking you any questions i'd like for you to basically um give out your website and the books that you're writing you 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 have some great books that you have written already and some books that you're working on please go ahead and and and, uh promote them well my website is www.preparchicks.world um you can also go to www.annieverdell.com um you can find me anywhere on facebook just Type in Prepper Chicks. I think I'm the only Prepper Chicks out there. I think there's an Urban Chick and a couple other strays, uh, whatnot. But I am one of the oldest and largest um, non-funded, uh, non-partial uh, prepping sites that's out there. Uh, and I want to keep it that way. I don't want sponsors. I don't want any of that uh, because I'm not going to get caught, caught up in all of that kind of stuff. Books, um, I have... Two currently out on the Alpha Farm uh, series. One is Alpha Farm: The Beginning, uh, Alpha Farm: Facing Your Demons. It's about uh, a family during a downgrade situation and how they play that out. I'm currently working on, an, and there'll be more books with that series. Um, I'm almost done with books three and four for that, and it will continue on from there uh, because I want to get prepping information out there without it being in a in a book or in a um, textbook type thing, and people remember stories better than I think they do textbooks. That's why I did this. Um, I had just 
I'm almost done with the first book in the old school series, which is about a bunch of former military slash old people in a nursing home. Downgrid happens, and it talks about how they have to rescue their grandchildren and start teaching them the old ways of doing things instead of the TV and the video game. So that should be entertaining. And then I'm going to jump a couple of genres um, here and there. I'm going to hit on the Western front, um, but that's down the road. I have I want to get these four books done um, here as fast as I can. But um, that's pretty much what I do. I eat, breathe, live it. So, and I'm turning the property that I just bought into a working prototype um, to show people that you don't have to have all this fancy stuff to be able to survive. Right, right. So you, you have to make with what, what you have in, in order to basically yeah. uh, pre- pre- prepare yourself. Um, now, something that really fascinates me, everything fascinates me, but this fascinates me the most. How do you charge your phone with no electricity? Uh, or do phone apps such as CeeLo, do they actually work? Not if you don't have power, they don't. Um, okay. I mean, there's a, there's a number of ways. Uh, one of the reasons I brought that up was when Sandy went through um, New York City, we saw part of the city go down with no electricity. We saw kind-hearted people run extension cords out of their apartments and whatnot to try and help. But then we also saw the anger. We saw people that thought they were entitled and barging into homes and, you know, mm-hmm. taking what they thought they deserved, which is wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, there are a number of products out on the market. I can send you some. We can, we can maybe do something in the future where we talk about specific products. But there's exactly. solar things. Um, I'm putting solar up here. I've got wind going on. I've got hydro going on. So I, I, my intention, I just moved here in June. My intention is to be completely off-grid. Now, is completely off-grid as a nomad in northern Canada, or do I want attached to electricity so I can get on the Internet? But I have no problem with modern conveniences. I'm not that kind of person. I like hot water. I like showers. I like being on the Internet. You know, I post, I have to have a means to upload my book. So. Definitely, definitely. Uh, we have we have almost um, sixty seconds to go. Annie, it's been a pleasure. I we enjoyed it. I'm getting um, some of my messages in regards to your appearance tonight. Um, and really, we, we, we're planning. Well, we, what I would like to do is bring you back on a regular basis to discuss some of these different tactics of preparedness that can be useful for our listening audience and anyone that's interested in knowing about preparing themselves for the ultimate ultimate, um, uh, natural event. So thank you again. Um, Thank you for having me. And anybody can reach out to me. I usually answer my messages eventually. (laughs) <laughs> definitely, definitely. And Luther, any last minute word, uh, last words for uh, Annie? You got the good work, and I had a hard time hearing you guys tonight. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully next week we'll get better. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So next week we'll be better. Tell her to join us again. All right. Looking forward. Thank, 
Fantastic. We'll, we'll see each other next week on Broadcast and Politics. Have a great night and a great weekend, and God bless America. Thank you.